You there, adventurer? Yes, you. Do you desire knowledge of immense worlds and arcane power? A codex of untold stories and lore? Or perhaps simply easy listening for your daily commute? Then feast your eyes, or more accurately, ears, upon Dungeonpedia. Shit's about to get nerdy in here. everyone, and welcome to Dungeonpedia, an exploration into the lore of Dungeons and Dragons. We're your hosts, Lou and Markel. Taylor Stanfield. And I'm Travis Peasley. Hey, guys. Guess what? It's almost the anniversary of our first episode of this podcast. Yeah. That's re- crazy. I know. We released our first episode on March 19th of last year. And, like, I, I said something about it because this is episode 52 and i was like okay this is episode 52 so that means that we did this like almost a year ago but it was actually like off like two weeks yeah so i don't i don't know exactly where all that went but you know somewhere somewhere. it went somewhere it's off by only a week it's fine anyway well well no, I just tried to. I just tried to do math. We're not gonna. <laughs> to uh, we're not gonna do that. In the lead up to our anniversary episode, I'm going to c- conclude our final episode on celestials. Wow. So we've discussed the archons and the Asamon, and then we discussed the cardinals. This week, to discuss the celestial Eldrin, we're gonna have to begin right in the middle of it all. Great. Yeah. In Meteor Res. Not, not the beginning, but the middle. Yeah. I okay. mean, because... Sometimes you start there. I'm finally going to be able to properly explain the distinctions between Eldrin. Oh, it's thank God. It's finally time, y'all. Oh, thank God. It's finally here. We made it, guys. It's been a hard one, but... <laughs> it's been so I, I I finally stumbled upon the subject that would actually... Bring me to the meaningful distinction, and turns out it actually was doing research on Eladrin, and that brought me to the distinction between Eladrin. Who Thank knew? You. Thank you, Taylor, for going where I could not. <laughs> so, in December of 2007 and January of 2008, Wizards of the Coast began releasing accessory previews as a sort of glimpse behind the curtain into the making of the upcoming fourth edition. Hmm. The January accessory was called Wizards Presents Worlds and Monsters. It contained essays and exploration of the wor- explorations of the world and included some commentary on some of the decision-making. Bad. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't mean to sound so unimpressed when I made that noise a minute ago, but it just kind of reminded me of how I felt before some movies came out and how hopeful <laughs> I felt, and then after those movies came out, and I was like, huh. Well, and something I thought about when I was doing this uh, research was, like, and this is not to to throw away all of our proper nitpickings that are very valid about 4th edition, but I realized 4th edition it was really Wizards' first time releasing an entire new edition, because 3.5 was just an expansion of 3rd edition, which TSR released. That's, you know what, that's fair. And, like, I, like, it definitely feels like they were trying to do their own thing and they went too far. And and then, also, to their credit, I feel like 
with fifth edition, they addressed what I imagine yes. were a lot of complaints that people had. Yes. Okay, you know what? That's fair. I never, I never actually thought about it that way. Yeah. Yeah, she pointed that out to me uh, earlier whenever she was finishing up, and I was like, you know, didn't think about that until now. Yeah, yeah. like I said, not to throw away all of our valid criticisms. We're so valid, guys. <laughs> <laughs> and everyone else's valid criticisms that we have just simply been reiterating on this podcast, but, like... That is something to keep in mind. Yeah. And sure. it helps that... Now I know about these books because it kind of shows the thoughts that went into these decision-making. That was not grammatically correct, but we're going to roll with it. You know, I, I had the thought that that was not a very nice thing to call the Wizards of the Coast staff that made 4th edition, but, you know. <laughs> Stupid. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. So, um... Direct quote. In third edition D&D, Eldrins were a kind of celestial being designed b uh, by dividing up the alignment pie among the divine servants. The warrior archons were lawful good, the animal-headed gardenals were neutral good, and the Eldrins got the chaotic good slice of the pie. We knew that we no longer wanted to design monsters according to that rubric. Good aligned creatures can be useful, but D&D simply doesn't need that many of them. Hmm. Okay. So they took some of the existing good aligned monsters... And that had, like, really interesting designs, and they wanted to, like, preserve the idea and improve upon it. Most of the Eldrins fell into that category. As they were trying to figure out what to do with them, they, you know, noted the fact that they all look fey. Mm-hmm. And this led to the natural association with the Feywild. Mm-hmm. Um, in third edition, many fey are mischievous but intrinsically good, although they begin to... Move away from that later, but for the new edition, they discarded the notion in favor of one more in sync with, like, traditional fairy tales and, like, folklore, where fae can be beautiful, happy, and kind, but they can also be capricious and vindictive and cold and follow their own mysterious codes of conduct. Mm-hmm. Um, they're their own people, and it says dealing with fairy folk is always a gamble. So they took all of those ideas and incorporated the old celestial Eldrin and the original and like the original folklore of fairy tales and created the Eldrin that we see today in fifth, fourth and fifth edition, the basically the ancestral roots of elves. Okay. So there you have it. Prior to fourth edition, all Eldrin are celestial and afterwards all Eldrin are mortal fae. The living ancestors of prime plane elves. Cool. All right. Well, All right. there's your there's your explanation. <laughs> Thank you, Taylor. You're very welcome. <laughs> Thank you. It only took a year. <laughs> hey, I mean, <laughs> almost. It, it but took. You found it. It took less than because we hadn't. I know, but the 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 joke it works. Okay. Because, given our intro. That's true. So if you're doing homebrew with both, you might use the distinction of celestial Eldrin and. Mortal Eldrin. Yeah. Um, Eldrin were actually first introduced in second edition along with the Cardinals and the Blood Wars card game that I mentioned last time. Okay. And then they were later incorporated into Planescape's game proper. Uh, Celestial Eldrin are the Celestial Fae natives of Arborea, the plain chaotic good, as you might have guessed. Yeah. And also remember from the plan episode. <laughs> Which was also a long time ago. Yeah. We've been doing this for almost a year, you guys. Jesus. Covered a lot of stuff. Yeah. I had this realization the other day, not to get all up my own asshole, 
but like some people well I say some people like see me this way like I I consider myself as like not really knowing that much about D&D and like that I have so much to learn because I do but then I realize that like to some people I'm the D&D person yeah and someone also pointed out to me that I basically have a resume about knowing a lot about Dungeons and Dragons and I'm like Huh. I guess I do. Well, the funny thing is, it's like a live, rapidly expanding resume. Yeah. Yeah. But I was like, huh, I guess I do know more than the average person about Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> Weird. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how to feel about being the D&D person for some people. Well, you look like the D&D person, so congratulations. Thank you. You're welcome. Okay. Anyway, sorry. Sidebar over. I just that just reminded me of that. So, uh, Eldrin are wild and free, defending goodness and freedom wherever it is threatened. You get the idea. Yeah. Although the individual types of Eldrins are diverse in power and appearance, as a race, they're creatures of fairy grace, quickness, and beauty. Uh, Eldrin fall into two categories: lesser and greater. Which you know is a shitty thing to like be called, but whatever. Yeah. But you know that's a that's a popular convention. Yeah, you know to to call things. So, uh, lesser Eladrin rarely leave Arborea, but greater Eladrin can be found anywhere, pretty much. Ooh, yeah. Um, in second edition's Planescape Monstrous Appendium. Ugh, fuck. Hold on. I Monstrous all- Appendium. Because <laughs> Mon- that's what you almost. Said. I did almost say that, but you know what? Fuck second edition and their long ass naming conventions. Am I right or am I right? Personally, I prefer the monster compendix. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> no, I mean I'm mostly making fun of Dungeons and Dragons. I'm not making fun of you because they really went there with the names. Planescape monstrous appendix two. Uh, two. Lesser Eldrin are vulnerable to weapons of cold raw iron and suffer double damage dice from any cold iron weapon. Um, I. I think this has something to do with old folklore fairy tales. Oh, yeah. Because of iron and fairies. fairies. I've heard that one in, in a lot of pop culture. But this kind of goes away in third and uh, edition and so on. And how do you kill them? Normally. Yes, actually. <laughs> um, it's interesting to note that um, they die. They're not really immortal. They're usually, though, there have been cases of Saloon, the uh, moon goddess, moon goddess, turning a soul into an Eladrin. They're usually born to Eladrin parents and live Eladrin lives, like, ridiculously long and effectively immortal, but you can kill them. But they can still die. Yeah. <clears throat> so, yes, you kill them normally. Yeah. Which is also kind of like the ancient... Elven people. Yeah. They're mortal, but they live for a very long time. It definitely doesn't make it any more confusing. As we go on from second edition, they start getting closer and closer to elves until, like I said, fourth edition, it just breaks off. Celestial Eladrin, fuck off. And then mortal Eladrin are the living ancestors of the elves. Um, Okay, so... If a cold iron weapon is enchanted, the Eladrins ignore the double damage. The magic spoils the baneful properties of the blade. Oh, that's fun. Yeah. Okay, that's weird. Well, and that's, a I feel like, also an interesting contrast from a lot of the time. You have enemies that can only be hurt by magical weapons. And then, 
Yeah. In this case, it's like you don't want to use a magical weapon. Exactly. That's fun. Uh, greater Eldrin don't suffer double damage from a cold iron weapon, but they do suffer normal damage even if the weapon normally couldn't hit them because of a lack of enchantment. Okay. Um, silver weapons also inflict full damage if they are suffi- sufficiently enchanted. Sufficiently enchanted. That is what it said verbatim. I could not figure that out. It has to be sufficiently enchanted. Yours is not enchanted enough. Sorry. <laughs> this is not sufficient. Don't ask me what mm. that means. I'm just telling you it's not sufficient. <laughs> Lesser Eladrin can travel to any of the upper planes, like the good planes. Mm-hmm. Um, and Greater Eladrin can travel to any plane they want. So it really is a better and worse situation. It's not yeah. like a different... Yes and no. Like, I will say, as like we get into third edition, that distinction kind of goes away. Okay. Uh, like the lesser and greater. Mm-hmm. It's definitely it. I think really what it was is they realized that it didn't serve their needs because while the awesome on an archon's change rate, the Eldrin are like the Cardinals. They remain the same type that they are until they die. That does not surprise me, given that they're the chaotic. Yeah. That the ranking and things would not be that important to them. That exactly. So, like, and that's the thing, is I think that in 3rd edition, they realized that that lesser and greater ranking didn't really serve the interests of the Eldrin, and they kind of did away with it. So, um, Eldrin are required to veil themselves when traveling in uh, prime material plane worlds. It's a law that prevents Eladrin from revealing their true nature except under the direst of circumstances. It takes on a guise of a creature native to the world it is journeying in, such as a human or an elf. I would pick elf because it's close to what you look like already. Um, and also just because, like, duh. Yeah. Uh, should an Eladrin violate its veil, it would it has to return to Arborea for 1,001 years before walking the prime material worlds again. One thousand and one. Uh, these rules are mentioned in second edition, um, and then never again. <laughs> I feel like that's just a very odd and set of rules, arbitrary set of rules for. Yeah, well, think about who you're dealing with. I just, yeah, it's just why? Why is that a thing? Planescape, in my opinion, had a lot of those arbitrary rules, which sucks because Planescape as a concept was a really cool campaign. I mean, like setting. I feel like Dungeons and Dragons has a lot of arbitrary rules. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. true. <sighs> oh, man. Uh, they just needed to drive home how much you're not supposed to know that this person is a lesser Eladrin. I mean, you're right. But still. Uh, the types, as mentioned before, are sorted into greater and lesser Eladrin. Lesser Eladrin are made up of the... And I actually had Lewin look this up earlier. I forgot how it's supposed to be the pronounced. Cores, Cores, uh, no, that's something else. <laughs> uh, the Brelani, the Noviere, and the Shier. Uh, greater Eladrin are the Fear, the Gaeli, the Sharadi, and the Tulani. Okay. Those uh, words, yep. most of those words mean nothing to me. Correct. <laughs> very similar naming conventions for them all. Yes. Very, um, yeah, yeah, like elfy. Yeah, very elfy. But short and flowy. And kind of like perky sounding. Yeah. Like, you know, you say them and maybe you get a little pep in your step. <laughs> 
the Quarais are two foot tall sprite like Eladrin. Oh my god. Yeah. You didn't tell me some of them were tiny. Now I am. They are literally the tiny Ow! category. Uh, they have keen senses of humor. They look like tiny slender elves with long gossamer wings. Um, they appear in a variety, like uh, colors across the spectrum, and they're fond of bright apparel. They remind me of gnomes, kind of. Yeah, they're they basically look. Uh, I I picture them as like a cross between sprites and gnomes. Yeah, like fairy. Yeah, they're fairy gnomes. The typical Corey has a strong mischievous streak and a fondness for song and dance. Oh, uh, they are carefree and wandering. They often serve more powerful beings as messengers and scouts, um, provided that those they serve can tolerate their erratic humor and near endless pranks. <laughs> They sound like people you could party with. Curries exist to laugh. Nice. <laughs> uh, they can also assume the shape of an incorporeal ball of light at will. So, uh, will-o'-wisps, basically. Oh, okay. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. My only thought was the like going back to the lantern archons. Yeah, because I'm, I'm trying to find connections somewhere, even though there are there many. are none. There are none because these are the chaotic people and those are the lawful people. Yeah. But I'm still trying. Yeah, like I said, there's just too many fucking cooks in the kitchen. Yeah, well. It's fine. They learned. They did. They did. It seems, yes. Uh, So then there are the Berlani. They're described as the wildest and most feral of their kind. Mm. Okay. Okay. They exist from heartbeat to heartbeat in a glorious, never-ending passion. Oh, my goodness. Um, They basically think of, like, your typical like fey like <sighs> I I I know what you're talking about. That basically the wild tempers and uh moods. Uh I, I feel like there's some pop culture example that would be really good, but I can't put my yeah. finger on what it is. Uh they experience anger and sorrow and bliss at like Levels that mere mortals cannot understand. Oh, so they're not just, like, feral, like, angry. They're just really emotional. Pretty much. Same. (laughs) Um, The Berlani are tied to the plains of Pelion, which are kind of like a icy, cold part of the Arborea. Hmm, Interesting. I I feel like... My thought was that maybe these are more like fair or not, but my thought was that these are fairy people. Um, my thought was maybe like more forest, but that's interesting. Uh, my thought is I'm saying the fuck away from that, <laughs> right? Ice, no, I'm good. Yeah, I see cold nonsense. I'm, I see, I see cold area inhabited by these very emotional feral people. I think I'll pass. You think you'll pass? Even if these emotional feral people weren't there, cold area, I'm good. Yeah. yeah, that's enough to stop me. Honestly, I don't. I don't do cold. Yeah, we're we're all simple people. We don't do cold. <laughs> yeah, like yeah. I'm so glad winter's like almost, almost over. over. Yeah, on its way out. But um, they may be found dancing in uh, the desert winds or arctic wastes of other realms. Um, so they're just like extremes. Yeah. Okay. They love their freedom, and in their natural form, they resemble stock, short, stocky elves with broad shoulders, but are still graceful. Their hair is usually like a bright, silvery white, and their eyes are basically an ever-changing rainbow of hues. So they're like your Mary Sue. <sighs> well, uh, my first thought was the dragons from the Dragon Riders of Pern, which is that their eyes change with their emotions, which is also like your Mary Sue. 
damn it. But it, it feels appropriate. I would imagine maybe they have the mood ring eye thing, too. Like, not just Yo, everything yeah. colors based on nothing, but well, it's, like, based on their emotions. Really? Did I get it? That flicker and shift with the Brolani's mood. Hey, I did it. So, yep. Uh, Brolani take the sh- can t- also take the shape of a whirlwind of dust, sand, or snow, and they uh, race across their beloved plains like living zephyrs. Nice. You know, I will admit they did they did set it up with maybe the obvious kind of disadvantage of these people, which is their you know incredibly powerful emotions. Yeah, that would be hard to deal with. But really, the the silver hair and the changing eyes and they the... sound like your loner OC. <laughs> oh God, I'm I'm having flashbacks. See, you said short and stocky, and I was like, are these like dwarf looking elves? Kinda. Yeah. Sorry, dwarf looking Eldrin. Yeah, well. Yeah, we we <laughs> talked about the distinction, Travis. My bad. Don't don't confuse us anymore because I'm still <laughs> wrapping my brain around it. Um, these are the most distant of the Eldrin, and they are dangerous to approach and fickle in temperament. Uh, you never know if you're going to be treated with wild ce- celebration or an attack of towering rage. Damn. Yeah. That sucks. Mm. Um, although the Brolani's purpose seems to the dance and travel they're described as stopping their travel only to play pranks on fellow travels or to travelers or to dispatch of evil. So you get two sides here. Wow, they're just nomadic party people. They are. Untrusty nomadic party people. Yeah. Sounds about right. So our next stop is the Noviers. Uh, they resemble aquatic elves or nixies with blue-green skin gib and webbing between their fingers. How do they spell Nixies? N-I-X-I-E-S. Like Pixies with an N. <laughs> okay, also, Nixies. very close to the spelling of a character that I've played before in Ninja's and Dragons, and, and I was like, please um, tell me they don't spell it the same. How are Wizards these the Coast, things stop, spelled? Stop spelling um, stop N-O-V-I-E-R-E-S. Which reminds me, I'll go back and spell it in case anyone's in a safe place to look stuff up. Um, Quarries cur- are spelled C-O-U-R-E-S, and Brolani is spelled <laughs> B-R-A-L-A-N-I. Feel free to look up what those look like, like a visual, if you're in a safe place to do so. Because they're kind of interesting. They are. Um, the Novier, Nov- Noviers are most at home on the seas, uh, but they do keep company with merfolk and ocean imps along the coastlines of uh, primaterial worlds. Okay, that, that makes sense. Uh, they celebrate the beauty of the lands and the emerald waters where they make their home. They're described as the most straightforward and approachable of the Eladrin. <laughs> nice. Uh, despite preferring to stay in their oceanic home, Noviars sometimes journey to the other planes or prime material worlds. Uh, they love exploring a new coastline or listening to the sound of, of the surf on a strange shore. Of all Eladrins, Noviars are most likely to be interested in trade of material things. They're fascinated by gemstones and jewelry. Same. <laughs> there you go. I also start trading with them. A Noviar pirate. <gasps> yes! I also think that's interesting because I feel like it contrasts a lot with uh, a lot of popular views of mermaids. Yeah. Like how mermaids are dangerous, but these are like the most straightforward yeah. of the Eladrin. I think that's that's kind of that's cool. I, I agree. Also, they're just aquatic elves, but fey. Yeah. Damn it. Um, so next is the... 
shears of all Eldrin, shears are probably the least likely to venture beyond their home. Uh, they are the Knights of Arborea and defenders of the Court of Stars. More on that later. No. Okay. The Court of Stars. <laughs> Just No, there's a court and there's stars. That's all you gotta know. Yep. Uh, shears have, are exceptionally tall elves with lanky, slender limbs and narrow faces. They typically have fair skin, pale golden or silver hair, and piercing eyes of blue, green, or violet. Would you say they're so pale there, Sheer? <sighs> Sheer, by the way, is spelled S-H-I-E-R-E-S. <laughs> the Shears appear to be... Ex- um, shears appear on, like, to the lesser-known person as, like, really tall high elves of some kind. Um, but they're also revered as being like these um strong mightiest warrior despite their slender build mm-hmm. kind of thing and they're exceptionally courageous and kind these are like the noble of the noble fae yeah no kidding yeah. tall they're still um lesser eldrin though i believe so let me double check on that their average height is six feet to like eight ten god i wish that were me <laughs> uh yes the, these are Still the lesser Eladrin. Okay. Yeah. They're uh they're pretty tall. And yeah. I I They're tall, they're noble, they're warriors. You know what's going on. Yeah, I mean there's not really a lot going there going on there. I mean it looks like there's a lot going on there, like <laughs> I'm I'm making height motions with my with my hands, but other than that, you know. Right. Well, that's it for the lesser Eladrin. So, we're going to move on to the Greater Eladrin. Ooh. After we take a quick ad break. God damn it. Oh, shit. I didn't even realize it's, uh, it's uh, already about that time. Mm-hmm. Well, time. all right then. Uh, hey, everybody. Thank you so much for listening to our Eladrin episode, The Last of the Celestials, for now. And Taylor, for thank, now. thank you for finally <laughs> explaining the distinction between Eladrin and Eladrin. You're welcome. It was very difficult, and I'm glad that we finally got it out of the way. Thank God. We could have, in theory, looked it up months ago, but I'm glad we waited until it came up naturally. That would make too much sense. Yeah, no. If you like this back at Bass Accurate's podcast, please consider contributing to our Patreon at Dungeonpedia, and we have a couple of tiers available where you can even see our notes. Yeah, you can go read the explanation if you're more of a visual reading learner instead of an audio learner. Yeah, yeah. See, I said that, and then it made too much sense. Yeah. Uh, if you are enjoying this, you can also check out our other Bass Ackwards podcast, Projectile Dysfunction, where we play with our friend Jacoby, and we make a lot of Bass Ackwards decisions. Yes, I have to pause every time before I say that to rearrange it in my brain. Because you, you, you're pretty sure you're going to accidentally say it the right way. Yeah. Uh, you can follow us uh, at that Twitter, at ProjectileCast, for updates. And uh, while you're at it, you can follow us here at Dungeonpedia on our Twitter and Instagram, which is just... Dungeonpedia. Literally just at Dungeonpedia. Uh, You can also email us at dungeonpedia.podcast at gmail.com if you have any comments or questions or topic suggestions. We love receiving all emails. Yes, thank you very much. So go for that. We'll uh, look at it and see what we can do. Yeah, uh, you can subscribe to us on whatever platform you listen to us on to get notifications uh, as soon as we post instead of having to wait for us to post on social media. 
Also, on whatever platform that you listen on that this is available, we would appreciate it if you left us a review or a rating or both. Those help us stand out. And also, tell your friends who might be curious about Faye and and Eladrin. And Eladrin. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) If you have any friends that are curious curious about those things. Yeah. Uh, Thank you to Alexander Nakarada for our theme song, Blacksmith. Heard at the beginning and end of every single episode for the... Nearly year we have been. Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh, we're changing it next week. Just kidding. No, never. No, no, no. We're not changing anything. Well, except for the topic, I guess. Yeah, I mean that'd be boring if we covered the same thing every, <laughs> every week. <laughs> a little just, bit. That'd be bad. We just chip away at it a little bit. Oh, that'd be terrible. Well, uh, anyway, uh, I think that's it. And thank you for listening to whatever this is. <laughs> and we're going to get back to talking about the greater Eladrin now. Yeah. yeah. Still bad. Still. Still so, so rude. All right. Um, yeah, yeah. Great, greater Eladrin. We I went mean, through the lesser ones. Now we go through the greater ones. That sounds so mean. Right? It like, really does. It sounds so ridiculous. Especially, like, as we get into like third edition and stuff because at that point there's not really very much of a distinction it's just like yeah you're lesser i'm greater like that that just sounds so mean even to say like out loud it's like damn all right yeah i actually googled like lesser and greater to see if i could find something about like some kind of origin that implies anything other than betterness than better than worse than or bigger than smaller than and i I couldn't really (laughs) yeah and (laughs) That kind of sucks. It does. Anyway, so the next in the line, the first of the greater Eladrin, are the fear. uh, Spelled F-I-R-R-E. F-I-R-R-E. Fear. Pronounced fear. Weird. Uh, In their natural form, they resemble stocky elves with brilliant red hair and fiery red eyes. Um. It specifically said, at first glance, a fear might be mistaken for a half-elf, but her eyes give her away. They have no iris or pupil, and they grow, glow brightly like oh, an whoa. inner flame. Heck oh, yeah. Jesus. Okay. Heck yeah. They can also transform themselves into man-sized pillars or balls of fire. <laughs> nice. Man-sized pillars of fire. Yes. So they're, they're the fire elemental. And they can fly in what? this form. What? Yeah. Oh, so just like a glowing ball of fire, just like flying around. Just, yeah. Or yeah. pillar. Or pillar. pillar of fire. Oh, excuse me. I forgot. <laughs> like I don't know why I touched I feel the... like a ball of fire, you'd look and be like, okay, that's weird. But a pillar of fire just flying is like, what the yeah. fuck? I don't know why my brain immediately latched onto the ball <laughs> instead of the be- human-sized pillar. Because... Like, most people would not think too much about something turning into a ball of light and flying. Yeah, I'm just like, whatever, it's fine. Oh, not a human-sized pillar, really. Um, Like, it says human-sized, but then it also says eight-foot-tall pillar of fire. So, So like... Just a very tall human. So, their size pillar. Kind of, because most fears stand at around six feet tall. Jesus. Yeah. Dang. Um, Fears love nothing more than... I mean, can you guess it? Fire. Evening spent dancing around a campfire. They all love dancing. Who would have guessed? They like dancing. Who'd have thunk? Yeah. I mean, I'm just pointing that out. Yeah, you're right. 
There should be like a reverse uh, Footloose Dungeons and Dragons movie about a fae that doesn't like <laughs> Oh, wait. No. no. I was supposed to say Happy Feet, and then I realized that's the opposite of what I'm describing. Yeah, that, that was literally just Penguin Footloose, yeah, that except was everyone a... liked singing and he yeah, reverse uh, dancing. Penguin yeah, re- Footloose. Reverse Footloose, reverse Happy Feet. But elves. <laughs> I'm sorry. You're fine. Wait, not elves. Fairies. Damn it. I'm doing it too. <laughs> um... But they have a more serious purpose as guardians of artistry and beauty. They take up arms to protect works of art and the artists that create them. Like, I love these guys. They're, so they're the, they're the patrons of, of art, yeah. basically. Uh, they're the most wide, widely traveled of the Eldrin, and they go far and wide uh, to hear a noted bard, gaze at a particularly dazzling sunset, or witness a finely acted drama. <laughs> um, wow. They're basically wandering minstrels and bards in Arborea, and they attend the courts of more powerful Eladrin and uh, entertain circles of quarries and uh, just to pass the time, pretty much. He wants to be an accountant. That's what it is. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. I'm stuck on this now. Um... Their pursuit of beauty leads them to anywhere where art is held in high self-esteem. You could run across a fear... A fear pretty much anywhere that you would find art. Uh, they, they really love art. Yeah. They have a deep love and appreciation of it, and it'll send them all over the place, pretty much. Huh. That's nice. Yeah. That's nice. Um, so, moving on, the Gailies, Scales, Gailies, spelled G-H-A-E-L-E-S. Gailies. Gailies. Um, are, they're the knights of, the knights errant of the Eladrin. What does that even mean, knight errant? Knights do like knight like a knight with a duty. Um, let me look that up. Actually, I'm. Oh my god, you absolute <laughs> child! I'm sorry. I was trying to be quiet. You didn't have to call me out. Damn it! I'm sorry. I'm actually 12 years old, guys. These mics pick up everything. <laughs> Trust I was just me. gonna cut it out because Taylor was googling stuff, <laughs> but then she pointed it out. No, you have to keep it in. Um, <laughs> I don't have to do anything. Uh, basically, it's a knight that's separated from his world of origin to uh, set, set off on his own to right wrongs or assert his own chivalric ideals. Oh, I love when people assert their own ideals. It's my favorite thing. <laughs> I see. I get uh, what you mean, though. Yeah. Um, wherever evil or tyranny raises their ugly head, the Gailies respond. Uh, they tend to work behind the scenes, uh, quietly mustering a resistance and offering guidance to good hearts with the courage to stand against their oppressors. They are really used to taking a backseat. And honestly, they're described as knights, but they feel a little bit more like spies. Yeah. yeah they just for, operate in the background, just yeah, chilling. For sure. So you, you would say that <clears throat> the Shears are maybe more of the standing army type yeah but these guys are more of the we have something specific for you to do so we're gonna send you far away to they're do the that. cia yeah yeah, yeah. and uh, you gotta know that they have parties in that cia yes it's weird <laughs> sorry uh gailies resemble tall athletic high elves they could easily be ta- be taken for noble elves if not for their pearly opalescent eyes and radiant aura why are they all tall radiant aura elves yeah. Elves are tall, except for the short, stocky ones, I guess. And also the times and other pieces of fiction when elves are short. Yeah, <laughs> eh. well. Whatever. 
<laughs> um, they can uh, Gailey can also take the form of an incorporeal globe of eldritch colors, five feet in diameter. Eldritch colors? That's what it said. What are eldritch colors? Eldritch colors, I think, are more like dark, like purple, green, dark, black, like red. I would imagine. Yeah. I always pictured Eldritch being like the darker, like purple and green. Yeah, that makes sense. Basically, I guess otherworldly kind of uncanny colors. If you're going off of the dictionary definition of cool. I'm looking at I'm looking at Lucian's mini and just like imagining. (laughs) Yeah, imagining Lucian's color palette, but in a ball of light. Yeah. Anyway. (laughs) Um so the greatest of the Eldrin. Yeah. yeah. Are the Tulani, the which basically are the fairy lords. Uh their courts are scattered throughout uh all of Arborea and they never stay in the same place for more than one night. Like the court. Huh. That seems yeah. counterintuitive to I don't know, that seems kinda smart though. Yeah. That way no one can ever really track down the court. That's true. To, like, interrupt a meeting. More on that later. Oh. oh. So the Tulani are peaceful in nature, and they only take up arms when Arborea is threatened of or the direst of emergencies requires their attention. Of course. Um, uh, sorry, spell that one? Tulani is T-U-L-A-N-I. I did oh. it. I got it right Shit, the first try. I'm so proud of you. Okay, <laughs> the, well, the rest of these I had in my head. Don't just Google Tulani, because apparently there's a musical artist called Tulani, and it won't pull it up. Ah, so Google Tulani D and D or Eladrin or Eladrin. Uh, Whoa, that's a weird face. So Tulani are, I mean, they're like all of the other ones that we've talked about. They're unearthly beauty and grace. Their voices are living music, and their faces shine so brightly that mortals find it difficult to look at them. Of course, I'm literally I find it difficult to look at because of that. Yeah, that's a second edition drawing. Yeah. Oh yeah, that'll do it. I'm just saying, like that weird. They look. He looks like an avatar from Avatar, avatar. movie that nobody remembers. <laughs> Rip in pieces. It was a it was a good movie. I mean, it was a good movie. It's just you know, but they had that face. Yeah, yeah. It was a little uncanny valley. Uh, so they resemble tall, stately elven nobility dressed in shimmering robes of shifting colors. Of course, the color shift, man. Um. I don't know why I'm, ha- like, hating on these guys so much. They're so up your alley. No, I know. Well, and it's also, like, I... Because, I, like, you can make fun of, like, the Archons because they're the stuffy, yeah. you know, lawful goods. But for some reason, I think we've swung so far in the other direction. I'm like, of course they're tall and beautiful. Yeah, because you were, like, loving all, all the Gardinals. Yeah. <laughs> um, I wonder. So a, uh, a Tulani has, like... Pure yellow golden skin and bright purple eyes. I think it's the lesser and greater thing. I think yeah. I'm stuck on that. The I was waiting for you to get to the purple eye thing because I read that and I was like, bright purple eyes. Pretty di- pretty freaking cool. Of course. That would be really cool and probably a little terrifying to But what if it like, was purple? Talk to. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Um Yeah, no, I think I'm stuck on the greater part. And since we're we're talking about the people designated as greater, I'm automatically like, oh, yeah, that might be it. Because these guys do sound pretty cool. Yeah, uh, they traditionally favor peace, obviously. And though you know the plights of good creatures can move them to fight evil, they can shatter entire armies of evil, Whoa. wielding glowing swords of light and cascades of lightning. Whoa, yeah, nice. But they are the most reclusive of the Eladrin. And they rarely stray from the forests and the outer plains. Um, 
the the Tulanis and through all through them all Eldrin answer to the Queen of Stars, the greatest of their kind. Who I'm assuming runs the Court of Stars. How'd you know? Oh, anyway, the, not quite there yet. <laughs> okay. Oh, well, I just wanted to make sure we were on the same page. Yeah. Third edition introduces the final of the Greater Eladrin, the Sharadi, in the Book of Exalted Deeds. Cool. Book of Exalted Deeds. Standing at 11 feet tall, oh. this heavily muscled, statuesque figure has gleaming bronze skin, wild black hair that seemingly moves of its own accord, and pointed ears with serrated lobes. Hi. And piercing black eyes. Huh. Yeah. Mm. That's nice. Yeah. That's fine. Um, its features are bold and striking, and its twin bronze wings shine brightly even in faint light. Huh. So they're, are they like, they're fairy wings, though? No, they're feathered. Like angel wings? Like angel wings. <laughs> like the quarries had, like, fa- yeah. fa- fairy wings, but for some reason they have the angel wings. I would imagine, like, someone happening, like, upon one of these and thinking that they're one of, like, the archons. <laughs> and and pissing like, them off. Yeah, and they're like, why are you here? Because I fucking want to be. Because I live here, bro. Anyway. Uh, uh, Shirati's battle for freedom across the plains with their giant spiked chain. Uh, nice. Helping the oppressed and less fortunate. Uh, they're the most morally flexible of all the celestials. Uh, and they believe that all creatures are free to act as they see fit as long as their actions do not, you know... Conflict with conflict somebody with else's some... freedom. Exactly. Okay. So these are these are ones that maybe are a little more in the circle. Or not in the circle. Wow. Like approaching maybe some other part of the square. Yeah. They're the, definitely uh, chaotic, chaotic good approaching chaotic neutral. Yeah. I was going to say, it says their alignment is always chaotic good. But if they're morally flexible, yeah. well, I think maybe maybe describing it as morally flexible yeah. is it the best way to describe it? Because to me, that says something different than they believe that other people can act however they want as long as they're not actively oppressing somebody else. Those yeah. two things mean different things to me. Yeah, because to me, it reads more like they're chaotic good, but their goodness mm-hmm. is mostly centered on freedom. Yeah, as opposed to, you know, their their goodness is mostly centered on their values. Yeah, and, like, morality and stuff like that. Because I think you can have chaotic good characters who are, like, strongly opposed to stealing, but then you can have chaotic good characters who are, like, man, if you got to steal to feed your family, steal to Whatever. feed your family. And then you can, also, you can have chaotic good characters that are, like, stealing is great! <laughs> <laughs> I love how their weapon is a spiked chain. That's yeah. I find it a little ironic that... You know what they it reminds me? use a chain, which a chain is the... The tool of, like, an oppressor. Yeah. And that's their yeah. whole thing is, like, freeing oppressed. It is really good. That's... that's. I like it. Mwah. Chef's kiss. What does it remind you of? Um, Hot Girl. What? Hot Girl from DC Comics. Oh, I thought you said Hot Girl. Hot Girl. <laughs> I was like... <laughs> it reminds Wait. me of a Hot Girl. Wait, did you not say Hot Girl? I said Hawk Girl. Oh, I heard hot, hot girl too. <laughs> okay, I'm glad it wasn't just me. Hawk girl. I was like, I don't remember. The girl who is also a hawk. Yes. <laughs> you know Travis and I, I always think about hot girls. <laughs> That's the horror I'm ever thinking about. I was like, I don't understand, but okay. Uh, my useless lesbian and my boyfriend. <laughs> <laughs> She's just a, a girl with fire powers, but they call her hot girl. <laughs> Or it's like the hot boy vine, but hot, hot boy, hot girl. 
Um, Damn it. I'm sorry. Okay. It's okay. I'm sorry. Um, they, um, Shirati exhibit none of Wait, the- she uses a mace. Oh, fuck. <laughs> Never mind. I'm okay. sorry. I just thought about it. I was too busy thinking about hot girl. To think about hawk girl. Sorry. You're <laughs> Sorry fine. to bust up your spot. I just felt like I needed to address that as soon as I remembered it. No, you're glad. I'm glad you got to me before Twitter. Don't don't tweet us. Uh, so, although they tend to act on impulse, um, but they do f- fight tirelessly for good. Uh, Sharadi exhibit none of the elf-like frailty of the other other Eldrin. We'll see. Okay, they say elf-like frailty, but several other of them have been described as stocky and or muscular. Yeah. So, are they really that frail? I mean, their skin uh, is frail. I don't know. Yeah, that's the best I got. Um, they weigh 400 pounds of pure muscle. Jesus Christ. Well, they're also 11 feet tall, so. Yeah. Um, so in addition to its statuesque humanoid form, it can take the form of a swirling cloud of golden triangular shards of light. What? Yeah. (laughs) That's, that's crazy. Hmm. I love triangles. (laughs) <laughs> I'm sorry. Just here to remind everybody, because nobody's asked me what my favorite shape is since, like, kindergarten. It's triangles. Thank you. Just so everyone knows. Tweet us your favorite shape. <laughs> don't even have a favorite shape, so. Well, think about it and then tell us. Uh, so, while you think about that, I want to tell you guys a little bit about the Court of Stars. It's not going to take up as much time as talking about the Archon system of governing or the uh, Gardenal's um, thing. Yeah. I can't remember his name. Talisid. Talisid, thank you. Talisid and his companions. His, his thing. His thing. His thing. His, his whole thing. Uh, <laughs> the Court of Stars is kind of, I don't want to call it a footnote, but you'll. it's very small. Okay. Kind of a footnote. Yeah. So it's a, the Court of Stars is a demiplane. It shifts between Arborea's three layers, three layers, and the court itself is known as the Court of Stars. Mm-hmm. And it's the seat of power for the Eldred people. Um, it's described as drifting about Arborea like an autumn leaf on a pool, and it can only be reached when the Eldred monarch wishes it so. Uh, portals can lead to and from the Court of Stars that can manifest anywhere at Queen Mor- Morwell's will. Is that her name? Yes, Queen Morwell. Uh, Morwell's demiplane resembles an autumnal sylvan forest under a starlit sky. Time does not pass there, so anyone living there, including plants, never age, hunger, or thirst. Damn. Hmm. Um, People eat, drink, and sleep, but just for enjoyment. That just because they want to? Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Kind of like... Kind of like the nicer sounding version of how some dragons eat, even though they don't need to. Yeah. Like liches and stuff. They just do... Because they want to consume. Uh, this is the nicer version of that. Fae creatures that live in, on the demiplane lead visitors to Morwell's palace, uh, which thrusts up from the heart of the woodland. <laughs> yeah, it does. Spires breaking through the forest canopy. Yeah, it does. Uh, her palace is described as having crystalline walls, and inside she entertains guests, hosts parties, and discusses pressing issues oh. with her Eladrin advisors and consorts. Ooh, gotta love it um, when they got consorts. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, oh. Does does Tiamat have some competition here? Not quite. Okay. Um, only because Tiamat has a lot of consorts that she seems to dispose of whenever she feels like it. Yeah. Whereas 
Queen Morwell seems to actually care about her consorts. Oh, so it's like the the whole thing about how you would sometimes have like a a, a ruler that had like a respective consort or concubine that they actually like was their advisor also. Um, over centuries she's had it several, but currently she has two. Oh, that's uh, a very reasonable amount. Yes, um, uh, a male Talani named. <sighs> fucking elven names. Uh, <laughs> Farinal and a female Brolani named... <sighs> oh, I, I've been dreading having to say this name out, out loud. Gwen Harwif. Gwen Har- Harwif. Gwen. Gwen. We're just going to go with Gwen. Gwen. Uh, her affection for both is beyond measure. Gwen uh, and her friends. <laughs> so she basically loves both of her consorts very much and has no interest in getting rid of them or eating them. <laughs> like yeah. some people with consorts that we know of. And also, That's good. Also, yeah. neither of them are technically dead. True. So there's that. Yeah. Um, Farinal is a ma- master politician and shrewd judge of character and Morwell relies on his guidance to handle serious matters. Um, Gwyn Harwif... Gwyn is a fierce and devastating warrior whose tireless crusade against evil... Helps unite the Eldrin. She's a barbarian. <gasps> nice. Nice. Nice, 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 nice. Seriously, um, look her up if you get a chance because like her art is so good because she's just like she looks like this like little pixie with barbarian clothes on and it's just nice. so good. Nice. That is beautiful. Um, Queen Morwell can seem uh, like flighty and pretentious at times, but she. It's kind of just an aura. She has the best interests for her people at heart. Um, I don't believe that that any Eldrin would seem pretentious at all ever. <laughs> <laughs> I feel a little affronted. <laughs> um, oh wow! Um, Morwell has always ruled over the Eldrin. Uh, no Eldrin can recall any other monarch coming before her, which kind of le- lends itself into how the Eldrin work in the modern setting with uh, the Feywilds and Queen Titania. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no Eldrin can imagine the Court of Stars without her. Um, she has always been, and she shall always be. Yeah. Uh, especially considering time does not pass in the Court of Stars. I'm just imagining some, like, human ended up there somehow, and they just, like, have to live forever. It would suck. Yeah, and they think it's pretty dope for the first, like, 200 years, and then they're like, fuck me. I mean, I assume that you can leave. Well, I don't know. I mean, I would... Hope so. Not if you eat their food. Wait, no, they're not. They're not. They're not traditional fae yet. I'm sorry, that was a stereotype. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's right. They're not traditional fae yet. <laughs> so, uh, real quick, I just wanted to Google it to see. I don't know the relevance or if there's a like connection to it, but apparently, World of Warcraft and I guess the newer expansions actually has a dungeon called the Court of Stars. Hmm. Hmm. I haven't played it in a long time, but I'm just kind of curious if maybe they drew inspiration, inspiration, inspiration from, that. from that. There's also a Court of Star Chamber in England. Hmm. Interesting. Um, no one dares ask reveal her age. Ask her to reveal her age, though. Um, well, duh. Uh, Morwell never leaves her demiplane, and some people think that if she did, she would just collapse and die. Oh, that's interesting. Because she's been the, she's there been forever. There for, yeah. Yeah. There ain't hmm. no damn telling how old she is. Exactly. Though now I'm curious. How old is she? <laughs> I don't know. It does not say. Or ask a fey lady her age. Exactly. Because you may not like the answer. Uh, she bears a passing resemblance to an elf, although her beauty is awesome and otherworldly. 
Uh, she wears a shimmering mantle of stars that flicker out before touching the ground, and she um, has a rapier that she likes nice. to, you know, just keep on her person. Yeah, that's a very yeah. uh, elegant weapon Yeah, for an elegant-sounding person. It's a very finesse weapon. Yeah. But that's the court of stars, pretty much. Hmm. It's the queen and her two consorts. That well, just chill there for... And- all, and all the, the people she entertains and listens to. The right. advisors and everything, the politicians right. that she talks to. I mean, yeah, that is kind of a footnote. Yeah, like I said, I mean, it's very interesting. And, like, I very much love the depiction of Morwell and her two consorts, who are radically different people. Yeah, she's got two distinct types. <laughs> um, But, It's yeah. not like it's, you know, a complicated... You know, set up to where it's right. like, you know, well, first you're, you know, a white dwarf, and then you move up to a supernova, yeah. and then, you know, stupid. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, it's not like it's complicated, like right. the, the lawful good people's. Yeah, no, the lawful whole, good was so complicated. The archons and, in there. I'm not looking forward to the lawful evil branch because I know it's probably going to be just as complicated. Oh, man. Yeah, you're right. But they're also going to suck because they're evil. Yeah. So it's like... Or they'll be more interesting because they're evil. Hmm. I hmm. guess we'll find out. True. Um, but that's it for this this episode. Uh, that's it for Celestials for now, honestly. Um that's kind of all of them. I've mentioned that there are some other types of Celestials. Like, we've talked a little bit about the Quaddles before. Uh, Pegasi are considered Celestials. Unicorn. Um, Asuras, I mentioned very briefly in the Archons, were basically pre-Archons that didn't make it. Mm-hmm. All of those kinds of things. But And then also, like, you know, Awesomar, part Celestial. Right. And any Celestial can... Make an Make awesome, an awesome R. R. It doesn't have to just be the awesome on or the Archon. Just any Celestial. Pretty much. Huh. Which does give a pretty cool, like, open backstories to where some yeah. awesome Maybe your from. dad was a fucking lion. Yeah, a, a fucking lion. <laughs> just like Talison. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe your dad was Talison. Oh, God. He did run around everywhere, go visit his, his old flames and stuff. He did. So, yeah. That's true. God, he probably has several children just scattered about. You're probably right. See, I was, like, then going to start asking all these exploratory questions about Asimar, and then I realized that this isn't the Asimar episode. I mean... And that we're going to do an Asimar episode eventually. 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 One of these days. (laughs) Uh, Don't don't tempt me, because I'll skip um, the the fiends and go straight for the Asimar. Don't skip the fiends. We need fiends. That no, that I think that makes sense because it's like it seems like a half step into something else since they're half celestial. Hmm. Tweet us. Let, <laughs> let, let me know. Let me know what you, what, which one you would prefer. I go to next. Should we do fiends or should we do awesome awesome Only for Taylor to pull a me and then hard pivot into something else. Ha ha! Completely. You are fooled. <laughs> but. While you're on that social media telling me what you want to do, don't forget to spread the word. Yeah, tell your friends who like fairies. Or fae, or who also don't know the difference between the... Eladrin and and Eladrin. Between the two Eladrins. Like Travis and I didn't today. And now we all know! Yay! Until we we forget later and one of us says something and then we're going to be like, actually. (laughs) Well, actually. Oh, God. Jesus. Uh, 
you have anything you would like to suggest to us as a topic, uh, you can yeah. send it to us at our email, dungeonpedia.podcast at gmail.com. Yeah. Or, or tweet it. As yeah. the aforementioned social media. Message it. You know. Just whatever. Any, really. Yeah. As long as it fits, go for it. It's fine. We'll take it. Yeah. Well, I think with that, we'll see you next week here on Dungeonpedia. But, like, this would make sense. Pivot hard into Awesomar, but also on the Go other on end. Go on the other side of the coin. Oh, no. There's too many options. Help Taylor. Oh, this is going to be fun to see. Help Taylor not make a decision. <laughs> I'm good at that myself. <laughs> <laughs>